I used to think that the more I cared about a goal or the more I cared about a gift or a dream, the more chance I would have to celebrate it. And what I'm learning is actually when my loves are rightly ordered, that's where I am most free to celebrate. Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This past year, we released a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time, and it's called The Rhythm of Us, and it's available now wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. Today, we are excited to welcome our friend, Nicole Zazowski. <laughs> Say that three times. Uh, we're so happy to have her back on the show. Nicole is a licensed marriage and family therapist, author, and speaker from the great state of Connecticut. We're chatting with Nicole today about the practice of celebration, why it's a vital part of our spiritual growth, the roadblocks that keep us from celebrating, and intentional ways that we can begin practicing this important rhythm in our daily lives. Such a great conversation. Absolutely loved having it. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. So with that being said, here's Nicole. Well, Nicole, welcome back. We're so glad that you're here with us. Oh, you guys are among my very favorites. So I was so excited to get to talk with you again. Oh, well, same, same. We are so excited to have you back with us. We really enjoyed um, our conversation last time and we are loving this new book. I really, really am. I'm sure I'll love anything you ever write because I just feel like we are kindred spirits and Mm -hmm. very like-minded. So I always just love anything that God drops in your spirit to write about. I just can't wait to hear about it. So this has been no different. Um, Your new book, it's called What If It's Wonderful? all about the practice of celebration and joy. Tell us how God brought this into your life and kind of gave you the um, idea to write about it. Yeah. So I, when I was talking with you last time, probably was emerging from a season that could largely be characterized by pain and change and loss. And I don't think our seasons are ever all pain or all joy, Um, I think they're usually a combination of both, but we know that sometimes they lean in one direction or another. And when we go through a loss, there's the loss itself. So whether that's a tragedy or even just a season of waiting or some kind of betrayal in a relationship, there's, there's the event, but then there's the cost. And the cost is the impact to our identity and sense of safety. And I was very clear on the impact to my identity, but what took a long time to understand was that, and I didn't see until I stepped into a season that had a little bit more good news and breakthrough, was that part of the cost was that fear accompanied a lot of my joy. Mm -hmm. So when I encountered joy, even just a moment of joy in my everyday life, it was a profoundly vulnerable experience, which I've since learned is, is true for all of us, that joy is the most vulnerable feeling we feel. But I was terrified. I was sure that the pain was waiting just around the corner to get me. I was sure that if I celebrated, it always would come with a catch. 
And that sent me into a season of curiosity and exploration around what does it look like to have the courage to celebrate? Because I really felt God's encouragement to me to celebrate and saw that in scripture. And then where is he in the light of our joy? I felt sad having been a Christian my whole life, growing up in the church, had a very faithful family, was very blessed in those ways. But I felt sad that I had so much understanding of what it looked like to connect with Christ in my hurt and in my pain. And I had almost no context for what it looked like to connect with him in my joy. He was much more vague to me. I wasn't sure how to place him in the light of my good news. And so this book is born from those two things mainly, finding the courage to celebrate and then what does it look like to connect with God in our joy? Oh, I love that so much. It's so good. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think about the different seasons and moments of our life, like some that have been harder seasons, but mm-hmm. then, you know, you have a good moment and you're quick to run to celebrate with your spouse or maybe whoever mm-hmm. that person is in your life. It's kind of the ear, but oftentimes I'll forget and like, I'll be at, towards the end of the day and I'm like, oh yeah, God, mm-hmm. hey, that was really cool. Like, let's, yeah. it's a, it's like an afterthought on the afterthought of going like, wait, 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 this probably should be my first refuge in the midst of celebration and really leaning in. So, okay, you're, you're a therapist, right? So what's the evidence that you have seen that it's so important for us for this necessity to celebrate? Like where you've been spending time with people, you've probably been walking this out with folks, obviously, as you write this book and Mm -hmm. observe this, uh, why do we have to, and it's a necessity for us to celebrate? Yeah. So simultaneously to my own story of wrestling with joy and celebration, I started to notice this theme in my practice that there were some main reasons that people were hesitant to step into joy and celebration. The first is what we just talked about, that for a lot of us, joy is accompanied by fear. When is the shoe going to drop? If I if I do get my hopes up, am I just going to be disappointed? Isn't it better just to keep my expectations low and protect mm-hmm. myself from hurt? Um, a second reason, and this is a big one, I think a lot of us are waiting for a reason to celebrate, that we picture our celebration on the other side of a goal achieved or a dream realized or some sort of change in circumstances that we're hoping to see. And what that does is it makes celebration a reward (laughs) instead of a practice or instead Mm -hmm. of remembering God's faithfulness. Also, I think a lot of us really struggle to understand what does the invitation to celebrate, uh, how do I reconcile that with my value of humility? I don't know what those two things look like together. Um, We're also worried, you know, many of us, hopefully all of us are in community. And so when we celebrate, we worry, how, how do I do that well and sensitively without hurting somebody else that I know is in a different kind of season than I am. And then finally, what we just talked about, this idea that I picture God walking me over ground that's hard and and, um, difficult. And then I picture him saying, you know, okay, have fun. Um, Let me know when you need me again, when when we get to ground that's soft underfoot and easy and delightful. And so Um, A lot of us are worried that celebration is going to take us away from God. 
and, and picture it as more of an escape. And so this idea of practicing celebration, just noticing God's goodness, his faithfulness, his movement in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, in Revelation, it says we will conquer by the blood of the lamb and our stories of victory. And so Mm -hmm. just being able to share with each other how he's moving and the difference that he's making in our lives and and celebration is an avenue we've been given to do that. Yeah, I love that so much. I think, you know, it, it is so funny that we forget celebration is an important spiritual practice mm-hmm. and that we actually need it for our growth. It, it kind of feels like um, we push it to the side as like extra, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and don't realize, oh, but but the Bible actually says that, that joy is strength. That's mm-hmm. actually the source of my strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and so talk about that. You know, I love that you say it's a quest versus a journey. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so this came from a lot of uh, research I did because I wanted to, to understand what neuroscience had to say about the brain and joy and, and celebration, because few among us drift toward joy. Right. The brain left on neutral actually leans negative. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like a car when the alignment's off, if you just let go of the steering wheel, it would kind of veer to one side. And that's how the brain is when it comes to uh, positive and negative input or pleasant and unpleasant input. So this is true in receiving and, and giving affirmation. The brain is going to be like Teflon um, when it comes to anything joyful or, or celebratory or affirming. And it's going to be like Velcro for that um, more painful input or criticism. And so that just tells me, okay, we're not fighting on neutral ground here. These practices, uh, we can't wait to feel it before we do it. And you're absolutely right. Nehemiah uh, has become one of my favorite verses in in the Bible. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord Mm -hmm. is our strength. And it's remembering his character and remembering his faithfulness to us. Because a lot of the celebration that we read in the Old Testament in particular is is really about remembrance, not not a reward for some change in our lives, although it can look like that. Yeah, I I love that you say it has to be an active pursuit Mm because you're right. We don't drift our way into a place Mm -hmm. of joy. It takes intentionality, you know, and so I would love to know um, what are some deliberate or intentional ways that you and your family actively look for things to celebrate in your life? Yes. So the last third of the book, I continue in in biblical truth and personal story and and research, but that part is particularly practical. And I want, that was important to me because I wanted people to walk away with practices that they can practice in their lives now. So these are not off limits to anyone, whether you're in a season of suffering or celebration, and they're really easy. You can do them in your everyday life. Um, A few of my favorites, the first one is savoring. The practice of savoring celebrates the ordinary. Um, And it's one of my favorites because you can practice it daily without any sort of significant things happening. In fact, part of the blessing of it is that it records and celebrates 
something that your brain would be tempted to dismiss because your brain is also very efficient and it only wants to hang on to things that it thinks it's going to need. Usually those are painful, big <laughs> moments. So savoring is great because it celebrates the what we would think of as the little things, but it also hangs on and, and squeezes that joy out of a moment that we would typically consider ordinary. And the way that you do this is you just ask your five senses what they're going to remember about this exact moment. So what am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I smelling? What am I tasting? And what am I feeling? And side note, this is also a really good anxiety practice because it keeps you so present. And what that does is it records it in your brain and puts it in a special category where it's not just going to be discarded. And what motivates me to do that is we're going to live a lot of really beautiful moments in our lives. Hopefully we're going to remember a lot of them, but none of them are going to be just like this one. And so I just, I'll find myself doing that throughout my day. Even if it's been a hard day, I look out the window and I see the sun catch my son's uh, blonde hair in the light and I'll hear him giggling. I'll taste the lingering taste of coffee that always seems to be <laughs> in my mouth throughout the day. I'll smell that spring air and there's, you know, with that fresh cut grass and that fresh air. And I'll feel, you know, usually the weight of, of my one-year-old in my arms as I'm watching him. And that just records the memory in a way that we can celebrate it and hang on to what God is already doing in our lives. Hey guys, thanks again for listening. We'll get right back to the show in a minute. But real quick, just wanted to remind you to order a copy or two or three of my parents' new book, The Rhythm of Us, from your favorite retailer. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so you talk about the difference between celebration and escape. Can, I, yeah. can you explain with this kind of a blind optimism? Mm -hmm. uh, you break this down in the book, but can you help us uh, understand the difference? Right. You're not talking about blind optimism. You're talking about no. something different. No. And that was one hang up that I had as I started to explore this topic of celebration because I am not about toxic positivity. I've seen where that's been so harmful to people mm -hmm. in my life and in my practice where they're going through really, really painful things and just the need we feel as human beings sometimes to tie a neat bow on something or to draw a silver lining on a cloud that just needs to stay a cloud and, and a dark and stormy cloud usually. And so I, I really was worried that celebration would draw us into this place of escape where we were just numbing emotions or not, or dismissing them somehow and yet I, I see this encouragement to celebrate throughout scripture, you know, and, and with a God who honors our pain and sits with us in our pain. And so I knew that they weren't mutually exclusive. And what celebration does is it trusts God's promises and celebrates who he is in the midst of pain, whereas toxic positivity just dismisses it. Pain and joy can't sit in the same room. 
um, with toxic positivity, but celebration, trust what is true and what is good, even in the midst of honoring what's really hard about life. Yeah, thank you for answering that. You know, you talked a little bit about community and this mm -hmm. idea of this dance, right? Of like helping somebody celebrate. Hey, let's look at where you're at right now. It's so much better than where you were. And so like, it is such a delicate dance. And, mm -hmm. and I typically find myself in that role. Like, I, yeah, it's bad, but like, let's look at this. He's like, a seven. I, I was going to say, when you were saying like most people's neutral does not land naturally towards joy, but I, that might be like the Chris only. Is the exception. Yeah, the rule. Sevens might it's be. Like, no, the this is actually bad. Too. We are not <laughs> like, celebrating this dark and this. cloudy this storm. is actually bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But. But it wasn't storming yeah. yesterday. <laughs> it may not storm tomorrow. Yeah. So yes, that we being need said, people like you in our lives. Uh, I'm right? very we grateful do. for people yeah. like you. Yes. Yes. Oof, okay. <laughs> only, only a handful, probably. <laughs> not too many. But let's. Can you talk about that in community and yeah. how maybe a person wired like me and and someone wired differently can kind of coexist and help. What are some practices or some ways that we can in community, maybe outside of our spouse, outside of our kids, you know, and even outside of ourself, um, practice celebration and joy and, and do it in a way that honors that person and honors God? Yes. So, so many ways. I, I think a phrase that I often, I, I mainly use it in parenting context, but I think it's true in some ways in um, our friendships and, and other kinds of relationships too. Just this idea of connecting before you correct and not that celebration is a correction, but I think um, meeting somebody where they are and validating where they are, and you don't even have to agree, you know, if our kid is really worried about something, um, you don't have to agree with the worry or the threat to validate the feeling. Um, but just to sit with them in that place is actually, you know, we often say in, in my field, slower is faster. So it's actually the best way um, to help move a person into a place of joy um, to the extent that we're empowered to do so by sitting with them where they are first, which is so counterintuitive. Um, so I'll say that, but I also think be a community that makes space for, for pain and, uh, and vulnerability around that. The struggle is real and the celebration is real too. So be a community that makes space for celebration stories. You know, in Revelation, it says we'll conquer by the, the blood of the lamb and, and our stories of victory and, that's not our personal victory. That's Christ's movement in our lives. And I yeah. think to, to be a community where we can see God's faithfulness in the faces of our friends and wow, look at how he's moving in their story and look how that's different than how he's moving in my story and their story. And we, you know, when we all show up, we get a greater picture of all the ways that God shows up for us. And mm -hmm. so I think in our focus, and I'm so glad vulnerability has become a focus in our culture and a conversation that's that we're having more is being honest about our pain, even when we still have questions and, and there's more questions than answers. But I think in doing so, one thing I've learned, because I can really live there both as a person and a therapist, 
is being able to say, and, and what good things is God doing too? Mm-hmm. Um, not, not to replace what's hard, but you know, what, what evidence of his faithfulness are we seeing? Um, what are some moments of joy that we're seeing and how can we make space to talk about those too? That's so good. Okay. If there is, I know it's hard to do this because you just wrote, you know, 40 to 60,000 words on it, but if there's one idea or maybe just one great lesson that you have learned through this quest Mm -hmm. for celebration that you would share with people, what would it be? Oh, that's a good and hard question. (laughs) I will, I will be really honest. I take my title to the face every day, (laughs) this question (laughs) of what if it's wonderful. Um, And it's been such a question that interrupts all my other what if questions, you know, what if I fail? What if I hope and I'm disappointed? You know, all those other things that we tend to think. I will say that one of the things one of my big takeaways as I studied this was I realized that a lot of my disappointment and my heartache was not so much about the no, a little bit, but not as much as I thought about the no or the failure or uh, the loss itself. But because I expected more joy from the gift than it was meant to give, I think we should absolutely celebrate when Christ furthers a dream or we see breakthrough and God's movement in our lives in a really obvious way. I think our gifts that he gives us are meant to be celebrated. But if they're standing awkwardly in the wrong position in our hearts and, and they're at the center of our affection, it's going to be harder to celebrate. I used to think that the more I cared about a goal or the more I cared about a gift or a dream, the more chance I would have to celebrate it. And what I'm learning is actually when my loves are rightly ordered, that's where I am most free to celebrate. Um, and so I want to, that met, that theme is in the book and in a few different personal and, and biblical stories, but that's, that's what came to mind when you asked that question. I love that. So, so good. Good. And the other answer is everyone go get the book. And you'll, <laughs> you'll get to answer it for yourselves, it, right? Yeah. Go get yes. the book where, all, where books are sold, right? So yes. we're going to get to that in a second where people can follow you. But before we wrap, we love to ask some questions. As you know, uh, and you, thank you so much you share with the world about this book. We wrote The Rhythm of Us. It's the title of the podcast. So we like to ask each of our guests, you know, kind of the five rhythms. We share the five rhythms and kind of talk about What's a rhythm that you feel like maybe you're you're winning in, you're thriving in? And then what's one that you want to work on? And then we have one kind of final question. So the five rhythms, just as a reminder for everyone listening, and I know you know them by heart, Nicole, but <laughs> I do. Uh, is the rhythm of speaking life. It is serving, slowing down, seeking adventure, and staying in awe. So mm-hmm. speaking life, serving, slowing down, adventure, and staying in awe. So first question. Which one of those do you feel like you can maybe find your stride in in this season? And how's that play out for you? Staying in awe is the one that I probably had the most work in (laughs) to do um, when (laughs) I read your book. And that is one that I feel like I've made some strides in. When the pandemic started, one of the practices that my boys and I did, I didn't have my daughter at the time, 
uh, everything was shut down in the Northeast. So the only activity available to me was to look for sea glass on the beach. And that has been our daily digging for delight. We st- I just got back literally an hour ago from doing that with my two little ones. And um, that daily digging for delight has become fingerprints of God's faithfulness to us in this season. We have color-coordinated glass jars of thousands of pieces of sea glass. And I am in awe of how in a tough season, God has woven friendship and laughter and community into my family. Um, as someone who tends to let their knowledge of God eclipse their wonder of God, I, I just love that practice um, of keying me into the wonder and staying in awe. So thank you to the two of you for being further encouragement in that area. Oh. Well, we need them too, for sure. Yeah. All right. Second Absolutely. one. Not that you're failing at this, <laughs> but which rhythm would you go, you know what, I could probably lean into this one a little bit more and want to see some work, on it. Yeah. You know, work done there. I think service. Uh, and I, I feel a little embarrassed saying that. Um, on the one hand, there's a lot of service built into my job as a therapist, but I think there's more joy for me to be had in, in practicing service to others in my friendship, in my community, and a lot of the things in my life stage that um, make that harder, um, not as an excuse, but I was just thinking this morning that I need to get more creative in those, in those areas. Well, we celebrate you sharing that with us <laughs> right here, right now. Great job. Yeah. I'm going to let Jenny ask you the last one. Okay. So the last one is, you know, this book has been about, um, for married couples, if you could go back to your wedding day and say anything to the two of those kids standing there at the altar, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> oh, so many things. <laughs> you, you don't marry a plan, you marry a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and God's plan is beautiful and his provision for you is better than what your vision is right now that's really good i love that would you guys have listened <laughs> probably not <laughs> I don't think we were so blissfully unaware i thought i had a picture of what our brand for for better or for worse would look like and it was very different and god has done beautiful works in our hearts through through it anyway so thank goodness for his grace and his sustaining power in our lives yeah for sure that's That's awesome awesome. all right where can people find you online look you up have fun follow you all that good stuff yes i love hearing from listeners i try to respond to every message i'm certain i don't do that perfectly but i do love hearing from you uh so my website's a great place to connect just nicolezazowski.com n-i-c-o-l-e-z-a-s-o-w-s-k-i.com and Instagram is the social media platform I hang out the most. And I'm just at Nicole Zazowski there. How many times do you spell your last name in a week? Like, many, many, yeah. many times. I relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gravy's not yes, so easy either. Not, I always say it's a good thing he was cute because that last name. Oh, I know. Tough. I was Wallace before. And that was <laughs> Wallace. That's <laughs> Yes. <crazy>. Yes. <laughs> yep. 
Hers, hers was pretty easy too. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> they were worth it, right? Totally yes, worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> we aren't celebrating our last name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for being here with us yes. today. I really appreciate I it. I love you guys. Always jump at a chance to talk with you. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Rhythm of Us. You can find all the resources and links mentioned in today's episode over at our website, therhythmofus.com. We hope you'll check those out, as well as our brand new book, The Rhythm of Us, which is available now to order wherever you get your books. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you again so much for joining us, friends. We will catch you next time on The Rhythm of Us.